welcome to another episode of Get Up 10. And this episode is really special for me today because it's something that I have been waiting patiently for months now to release and to just talk about. So today I'm going to share about the legal aftermath of separation of domestic violence. So I'm going to talk about my journey of what I went through after I chose to leave my abusive marriage and what all that looked like. This is not an episode for legal advice. I'm no expert when it comes to the law. I probably don't even have the right terminology in this episode, but I really wanted to take time and outline my story and just share some advice that I wish I had gotten earlier because I don't think that this is something we hear about. You know, you know, people get married, people get divorced. And like, literally, I got my marriage license and got married in the same day. But this separation process has been like three years in the making. And through that, I have met other people that have gone through similar circumstances, although each and every case is very individual and personal. However, there's certain commonalities that I've heard as I've shared my story and heard other people's stories. And so that's where I come from when I give advice just to like somebody who is going through it, what I would say to them. And as for everything, you know, maybe this is not for you, but maybe it's for one of your friends. Maybe it's for your sister or, you know, your best friend who's going through it. Um, if she's you know somebody who needs the contents of this episode, do not hesitate to share it, to encourage them. And yeah, as always, not as always, I can, <laughs> can't say that yet. It's only been a couple of weeks, but you know, if you are feeling generous or if you need some encouragement, may I suggest that you buy a copy of my book. The link will be in the show notes. And yeah, without further ado, let's get into this week's episode of Get Up 10, all about the legal aftermath of domestic violence. Oh, sorry, just kidding. Also, shout out Coach Rocky, because when I recorded this episode, I was live on social media and trying to record on my computer all at the same time, and the recording got all messed up, so I had to pull this audio from Instagram. So hopefully it's not terrible. And yeah, shout out to Coach Rocky for walking me through how to even do that. But we did it. Here we are. So I wanted to give credit where credit is due because I'm always going to say thank you and always going to, you know, shout people out, give people their flowers while they're alive. So yeah, now we could get into it. Hey guys, I'm so excited for this conversation today. We're going to get into it. I have have been wanting to share this conversation for months now and finally the time has come so without further ado let's get into it and before i start i just want to say that i'm not offering legal advice today this is not that this is me sharing my experience and just giving y'all some advice and some tips some things that i wish i had known going through the process And today, I really wanted to be on point with what I'm talking about, so I do have my notes. So we're gonna flow with that today. And it's three pages of notes because I write kind of big and I wanted to make sure that I went back all the way to the beginning.
guys this is also very much my testimony like god showed up and showed out for me throughout this whole entire legal process throughout going to court and so i wanted to make sure that i share this story because he deserves all the glory and also i'm sure somebody is gonna get something from it hopefully somebody will be encouraged by it um, hopefully nobody listening has to ever go through what i went through but if you have or you're going through it now or you're gonna go through it in the future i got you so that's that and also you might be wondering like oh my god like you just got divorced last week like why are you still functioning why are you still talking however i want to make very clear that my healing process has been processing the journey has been journeying so i got married in 2020 january of 2020 and i left in august of 2020 two months after having my daughter because i just got my sense back <laughs> and realized that this relationship was very unhealthy matter of fact it was abusive and i had to be very clear on I couldn't just say that I was in a toxic relationship because I've been in toxic relationships before. It is what it is. I think even toxic relationships, um, you know, y'all could do your healing work and get back together, but abusive relationships is like another level. And so I had to use that language with myself just to make it clear in my mind, like how serious this is and no, we can't just go back. So, like I said, I got married in January of 2020. I left in August of 2020. And after that, I personally felt like I grieved the the death of my marriage. I grieved my relationship status in October of 2020. I just remember I was at a park and I was it was a gloomy day. I was sitting in the parking lot and I just let myself feel the feelings and I just knew, okay, like this is I'm grieving today. And that was that. That was back in October of 2020. And after that, um, so to end off 2020 and, the, and in the beginning of 2021, if you didn't notice, I was not on social media. I barely was on social media. Like I, I'm not sure if I deactivated my accounts or I just left them up and wasn't posting, but I definitely took a step back because I couldn't handle it. It was too much for what I was going through at the time. And also... Another time that I stepped back from social media was in 2020 while I was in my abusive relationship. And I thank God for that because I literally don't know what I would have been posting during that time. I was really going through so much suffering. I was not mentally healthy. And so the ginger that you know who's smiling, bubbly, and positive, I'm not sure if I would have been showing up online as her during that time. On top of being pregnant, it was a lot going on. So for those reasons, um, because I did step back a couple years ago and I have been very proactive about my healing journey, that's why one week, not even a week, actually no, today makes a week after my divorce, I'm able to be here, keep it moving and keep on talking because I'm good. I'm like, I really, I'm so excited. This is so exciting for me and I'm gonna get into why at the end, but yeah, okay. So let's talk about my timeline with the legal system and domestic violence. First of all, I want to say that when it comes to domestic violence um, and leaving, a lot of the responsibility falls on the victim. It falls on the survivor, as I like to say. And that's just the unfortunate truth because the abuser is not going to go 
turn tell himself it turn himself or herself in they're not gonna i don't know they might use the legal system to like taunt you but as far as like taking responsibility and being proactive they're just not gonna do that that's just not and their personality type at least not in my case so anyways um i also wanted to say that after i left my abusive relationship i did turn to actually no before i i say this so i left my abuser in august of 2020 and then after that it was it's my daughter's father so i wanted to co-parent to the best of my abilities however i moved back in with my parents and my parents were not trying to have him in our house and rightfully so and he didn't have his own place so for us to meet up for him to see his kid we were meeting up at a public place um so we would meet at a mall and the first times it was fine um he was still like kind of affectionate towards me and it honestly made me cringe and made me very uncomfortable um he would tell me like you know you're still my wife right you know i still love you and like give me a kiss on the cheek or something and inside i was like please don't touch me like please don't come near me and i remember like another time we met up so that so he could see his kid and it turned into an argument and so one time it turned into an argument i was able to walk away because you're not about to make me argue with you in public i was able to walk away no problem and then this other time and the last time he started an argument but he wouldn't back down like i was walking through the mall pushing my stroller tears flowing down my face like i was visibly upset and he continued to argue with me and follow me towards the exit of the mall it was to the point where i was like i need to call security or i need to call the police like i'm not okay i'm not safe right now um and i remember i think he finally like stepped away but i was afraid to walk to my car because i didn't know what he was going to do and i ended up calling a friend on facetime just to have a witness because i didn't know what he was going to do and i was so happy that i made that phone call because as soon as i got to my car my daughter's father pulled up like brand new person like he wasn't just cursing me out in the mall and was like oh you need help putting the baby away in the car and i was like no like leave me alone get away from me and i'm so happy that i had a, a friend on my phone while that was going on and that really opened my eyes to the fact that even though i left him even though i left her home even though i separated myself uh, i was still experiencing domestic violence and i encourage you to look up the definition of domestic violence because it goes much further than you getting beat on it's so much deeper than that it's so much more than that it has a lot to do with um fear and intimidation um power control and i was very much still experiencing that even just trying to co-parent and so at that point i finally realized like okay i'm gonna need some more resources and that is when i made two decisions one i decided to find a therapist and two i started to reach out to my local um, domestic violence center and so i initially did join the support group through my local domestic violence center but you have to know yourself. And for me personally, that group was not for me. It was not helping me through my process. Um, I felt like the other people in that group were very much kind of 
going through it and down and that's completely understandable domestic violence is not easy to go through especially when you have children involved it's not easy and i get it but for me personally i'm like i'm a go-getter we gotta get back up so i'm like okay like we gotta have hope we gotta have positivity we gotta keep moving forward and that just wasn't the tone of the group or the other people so i made the personal decision to step back from that support group and i did find a therapist um we started working together and again you have to know yourself you have to trust your gut that inner voice and everything so for me this therapist we started working together and i wasn't feeling like there was much value being added from the sessions she kept asking me like so do you want to get back together with your daughter's father and i was like no why 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 are you asking me that and she was like oh well i didn't say why you asked me that but in my head that's what i said she was like um you know it's normal if you want to get back together with your abuser that's very normal and i'm thinking like ma'am i do not we're moving forward that's going back is not an option she kept asking me that i didn't understand why so again i know myself i made the decision to cut that relationship professionally because it's not helping me and then through Facebook groups, I was able to find my current therapist who I have been working with for the last almost two years now. And I've seen so much growth working with her and I just adore her and have the utmost respect for her. So, yeah. All right. So let's get into the legal timeline of what I went through after I left. Actually, even before I left. So if you don't know my story, um, I and a domestic violence survivor in may of 2020 i got into an argument while i was pregnant with my at the time husband and the argument was getting real spicy there was a lot of tension in the house and i told myself like if this turns physical i am calling the police well it turned physical so i called the police and they came and i decided to write a report and so after that, it's crazy because after that is very much a blur. It was such an emotional, crazy day, traumatic day. Um, afterwards, I end up going to my doctor to check on my baby. And this story is in my book as well. Um, but I'm not focusing on my marriage too much today. I'm focusing more so on the legal aftermath because we don't talk about that. We don't hear about that, but it's very much a part of the process. So anyways, um, Call 911, ambulance comes, police comes. They tell me to go check the baby out. I didn't want to go to the hospital because it was during COVID times. Fortunately, my um, doctor was able to see me right away to check on the baby. So I did. And baby was good. Well, actually, they were concerned. I'm not going to lie. I became a high-risk pregnancy because, honestly, I had, had a really stressful night. Hadn't slept a lot. Had not eaten a lot was dehydrated and so that just made my labs look crazy and so I immediately got um, labeled a high-risk pregnancy and after that so they let me go home I get some food I'm happy that I am in the house by myself and there's my house had become so there was so much tension and bad energy in it and so once he left it was just me in my house alone and I was relieved so I remember like setting up stuff i locked the door i like set, barricaded it with some stuff because i was by myself and pregnant and i just had such a traumatic day and so 
yeah, I was calling, friends were calling to check on me and I finally decided to get some rest and right as I'm about to get some rest, he walks through the door with his sons and that was crazy. But anyway, so the next day my parents had drove down to North Carolina to be with me and I'm out with my mom, we're running, we're just like running some errands, going shopping or whatever. And I get a call from the detective and he lets me know that they have decided to press charges. Um, and I was like shocked because honestly, the way my brain was in the moment, I forgot that I decided to fill out a police report and all that. So when I got the call that they were going to press charges, I was like, oh shoot, I, for I forgot about that. And so being still committed to my marriage at the time, I decided to call him and uh, let, I decided to call my daughter's father and let him know that they were putting a warrant out for his arrest so that he wouldn't be caught by surprise and that he could turn himself in, and he did. And then also as part of the legal processes in this state, there was a no contact order until our first court appearance. And so a few after he turned himself in, he still didn't wanna come back home because he felt like he couldn't trust me, it wasn't safe. He didn't want no issues with the no contact order. So he stayed outside of our home and I was just trying to tell him like, no, like we're good. Like, let's come, like, come back home. Like, I'm not going to do that to you because while he was spending the night in jail, he had his coming to Jesus moment and was like, I love you. I want to be married to you, blah, blah, blah. Let's move forward. So I was like, what are you doing? Like now you're out of jail and you are acting real shady. Like. I mean, I got it, but at the same time, I didn't get it. Because I'm like, if you really wanted to move forward, you would be home right now. Um, so he turns himself in. Didn't He got out like the next day or something. Uh, he wasn't home. So he had me calling the district attorney's office to try to get the no contact order dropped. Because at this point, I'm going to have the baby in a couple days. And I wanted the daughter, the father the father of my daughter to be present for her birth so i'm trying to call the da to get them to drop this no contact order which was a headache i think we did get it we did get it dropped and then so after that um in june of 2020 that's when i gave birth to my daughter and then in August 2020 is when I left because I realized that I was in an abusive relationship. And so between August 2020 up until early 2021, I attempted to co-parent with him. And like I said earlier, uh, I realized that by attempting to co-parent and meeting up with him so that he could see our daughter, I was still exposed, uh, experiencing and exposing myself to domestic violence because he was just starting arguments and I just didn't feel safe. He was still making threats and all this kind of stuff. So that's when I decided to reach out to my local um, domestic violence center in January of 2021. And so they asked me like if I had an order of protection, which at this point I didn't because if you remember, I asked for the no contact order to be dropped so that he could be there for the birth of our daughter. So at this point, I did not have an order of protection in place. However, 
um, through co-parenting, I was still experiencing domestic violence, but because he didn't actually like do anything, we were just having arguments and he was making threats. Uh, we didn't have, the lawyer that I had consulted didn't feel like we had much of a case for me to ask for a new order of protection at the time. So we didn't get a new order of protection, but I did have the police report from our initial uh, altercation where I did call 911. And even the process to get a lawyer through the domestic violence center was kind of long because I thought I was just gonna like call him up and talk to a lawyer like the same day, but it doesn't work like that. So I reached out to them, I gave them my information, I told them I needed legal help. And then after that, I get a call from like a secretary or administrative assistant who took down all my information. And then it was like, okay, the lawyer will call you in a couple days. So it just was a long drawn out process to even acquire legal help. So, cause I knew like I, I wanted a order of protection because I moved back in with my family and my daughter's father, father made threats towards the males in my family. He made threats of physical violence towards my father and my brothers. So since I'm living with my father and my brothers, I, I wanted an order of protection cause I didn't want to chance him pulling up on my house one day, but the lawyer didn't feel like I had a strong enough case for that. So I didn't get a new one. And then I knew that I was going to have to start the separation process legally at some point if attaining custody, starting the divorce process, um, getting child support. I knew like all of that was coming down the pipeline, but I was trying to hold off on it because I knew that it wasn't going to be fun. <laughs> so anyways, in April of 2021 is when the court appearance for me calling 911 back in May of 2020 uh, was scheduled for. And at this point, I've come to terms that I was in an abusive relationship and this man put his hands on a pregnant woman and I'm not having the mercy anymore of, yeah, we're married, it's fine. No, you abuse me, I want justice. So I'm calling North Carolina legal system trying to find out do I need to appear in court or not. Nobody's picking up their phones. It's going to voicemail. It's going to, oh, you need to call this person. You need to call that person. It's days before the court date. And I'm still haven't gotten a clear answer on whether I'm supposed to appear in court or not. So I call uh, the domestic violence center in North Carolina. And they were like, honestly, they usually do want you to show up. But in your case, if you're able to explain to them the circumstances, you know, you have a newborn, it's COVID, you're out of state, they might be able to work with you. So the day of the court date for the assault on female charges against my daughter's father, I do get a hold of somebody from the court and I'm telling her like, I do want to press charges. Um, it doesn't have to be anything crazy, but you know, at least like anger management or something. Like, I just don't want him to, to get away with what he did to me. Like, I just want something and she was like yeah okay i'll definitely present that to the judge and so i hang up the phone i'm feeling so relieved like i'm gonna get justice which was so big to me at this point in my journey fast forward to the next day or so nothing happened because i did not appear in court they did not press any charges and there was no consequences for his actions and i was devastated because if they had communicated better with me, I would have made an attempt to be in court, but there was just such a terrible lack of com clear communication 
So I was really devastated when I heard that he just got to walk off free and there would be no consequences to him putting his hands on me other than the night that he spent in jail. But honestly, now that I'm looking back, I think that was God because um, I, I had also begun the process of selling our home and I needed him to sign some papers since we were legally married. And I think because he was in a good mood, because he didn't get any consequences for his actions, he he signed the papers, no problem. And I think that if court hadn't gone his way that morning, he probably would have been a lot more hesitant to sign those papers. So in the end, I think that was God's providence. And so in fast forward now, a couple months later to June, 2021, um, a few weeks before June, Somebody rang my doorbell one day, but I was like in the bathroom taking a shower or something. So my dad answered the door and they asked for me and he let them know that I was unavailable and they left. And so I realized that that was me about to get served. And I was like devastated. I was so upset. I'm like, dad, I couldn't come to the door. Like, why didn't you, why did you tell him? Like, now I don't know when they're gonna come. I just like started freaking out. And my dad, who's very like even keel, was just like, they're gonna come back at some point. You know, what does it matter if they come today or another day? Like, it's just like, essentially just like calm down. Like you getting emotional is not helping the situation. And he was right, even though I did not want to receive that in my emotional moment. But anyways, so June 2021 rolls around. It's my daughter's first birthday. I'm so excited to celebrate my kid. Um, we made it one year of motherhood, one year of life. And so I decided to invite my daughter's father to the zoo with us so he could be there for his daughter's birthday. And he rolls up with his cousin, red flag, okay? I never met his cousin, I just heard about him. He rolls up with his cousin. I'm like, okay, whatever. So right before they get ready to leave, his cousin goes to the car and gets an envelope. My pure heart is thinking, oh, that's our daughter's birthday present. But my daughter's father is like, nah, like, don't promise me you won't open that right now. I'm like, what you mean I won't open this right now? And I opened it up and he, his cousin had served me. Um, my daughter's father had filed not only for visitation, but for custody as well. Happy birthday. That was such a traumatic experience for me. It really stole the joy of the, the occasion for me. Um, I went from celebrating my daughter's birthday to in tears, couldn't even think straight, just so hurt that, that he would do that on such a day. So that happened. So at this point I'm like, okay, let me start looking for a lawyer because I'm gonna need one. And so we got some recommendations from family friends. So I went to a local lawyer that had a really good reputation and I give the lawyer the papers. I give her my police report. I tell her what I want. And she's like, okay, well, you know that I've seen the court just give kids to fathers. Basically just telling me like everything that could go wrong in my situation and I was so discouraged I left her office in tears um, I felt like she wasn't hearing me I literally felt like okay well maybe I wasn't abused enough because if I had some like hardcore abuse stuff on on file like maybe things would be more in my favor like that's literally how I left her office feeling it was so sad 
Um, I went to my local domestic violence center as well for legal help, but they didn't feel like they could help me because my daughter's father filed in a different county. So I went to the county, the domestic violence resources for the county that the court case was filed in, and they couldn't help me because I didn't live in the county. Fine. So then I found a local college that was actually in the is a neighboring county where the court the case was in court and they were phenomenal um they made it clear that they also could not help me because i didn't live in their county and due to their grants um requirements they couldn't take my case on but they did everything in their power to give me information, to give me strategies, resources. Like literally they did so much for me for not even taking me on as a client. They followed up with me. They made sure I was okay. They were looking stuff up for me. Like they just went above and beyond. And it just proved to me that like all lawyers are not the same and you literally have to find the one that is for you, the one that works well with you. And so that was really encouraging for me. So I the day comes to go to court and we go to court. It's virtual because of COVID. And I remember sitting in my bedroom and I had to be upfront with the judge and tell them like, I'm not comfortable with my daughter's father having custody of our child. He does not have a stable living environment. I was abused. I do not feel comfortable with my daughter like being in the address that he stays at and it was really hard for me to say that like i was literally shaking as i'm talking to the judge and but i spoke my truth i had to say that i had to be upfront and honest otherwise they don't know that uh so the judge ends up uh ruling for that point in time that he was gonna do he was gonna send the whoever to check out the address where my daughter's father had listed to see was it a safe environment for our child or not and that he was going to order supervised visitation for our daughter which i was in agreement with and that's what i wanted so my daughter's father gets supervised visitation we set that up he sh we have one or two visits and then our he shows up they go just fine um, and that was hard. It's hard to give your baby away to some stranger and you got to sit in a room and just wait for the time to be up. That was hard. But anyway, so at this point, um, the, I think I had given him the paperwork to appear. I had a family friend also serve him the paperwork to appear in court for the child support hearings at this point and because i knew where he was going to be and also uh so he had two visits with his supervised visits with our daughter they went just fine and then we have our next court appearance for his request for custody and visitation and he didn't show up and so at this point the court had appointed our daughter a lawyer so it was me my daughter's lawyer and the judge my daughter's father never showed up and so I'll never forget these words as long as I live. Um, my daughter's lawyer said, Your Honor, on behalf of my client and her mother, I'm asking for this case to be dismissed. So that was it. 
Um, he didn't get custody. He didn't get visitation. And the supervised visitation that had been ordered was now void because he didn't show up to court. So at this point, the ball is in my court. Um, we already have the child support in motion. And I filed for custody because our daughter has always lived with me anyways. And I just, I knew that that was the right move for me to go ahead and pursue custody. And so I was gonna say something else. Oh yeah, so when it came to the child support, I was like, I had mixed feelings about it. I knew that it, I just did it for the principal because we both have a kid and he wasn't contributing towards her. And I knew like our daughter deserves to have something. You know, whether it's $20 that I'll put away and save up for her or what, um, you have a baby and you're responsible for her. So that was the mentality behind me pursuing child support. Um, and I talked to a friend who had been through domestic violence and her own share of abusive relationships and whatever. And she has two kids of her own. And she encouraged me to have the state pull the child support automatically from his checks and I was like I don't know about that but she was like trust me you're gonna want to do it it's gonna make your life so much easier that way money will never be a conversation it will just be happening so I listened to her and I when in the end when I got my child support ordered I asked for the state to take to garnish his wages as well and it has been such a lifesaver honestly so okay let's go back so so for the child support stuff I mean yeah for child support that was like <laughs> oh that was such an experience um we appeared before a magistrate not a judge initially and you have to submit all of your proof of income and citizenship and all that kind of stuff, like all that legal documentation, which I did, no problem. My daughter's father, however, tried to like avoid doing all that. Um, for He just kept making excuses and like blaming me pretty much for everything. Like literally told the magistrate like, oh, well, we wouldn't be here if she didn't leave me. Oh, well, I wouldn't have trouble finding it. Uh, I would be able to find a job if I didn't have assault on female charges on my record because of her. Oh, well, I, I lost my paperwork in the move. Just like one thing after the other. And it, I was so triggered sitting there listening to him say these things. Like I remember I had a notepad because again, we're virtual because of COVID. And I have my little notepad just to take notes. And at that point, I'm triggered. I can't even think straight as he's talking. And I literally just remember writing like, it's not my fault that he can't find a job because it wasn't and so that was just crazy um so the magistrate had to end up threatening him like sir if you do not participate with the court we will make this a trial and my daughter's father does not like court okay y'all say he didn't show up to his own hearing that he filed for custody and didn't show up so when that threat was made, he finally um, complied and submitted the required documents to the court. We got the child support ordered. I asked the court to garnish his wages or the state really, the state to garnish the wages. Done deal. Check. Um, next up was custody. So I filed for custody and um, so the, because the lawyer told me at this point, like, 
if I want to have a smoother divorce, I need to secure custody and child support, like have that all taken care of first before I even file for divorce. So I was real motivated to like get this stuff out of the way. So I filed for custody and then because of my finances, I requested a court appointed lawyer and I don't even think I met her until like the day that I went to court. And so I show up to court, I'm real nervous and uh, I meet the lawyer and she's real cool. She's like, okay, like, what do you want to see happen here? And I'm like, um, if I could get like sole custody, that would be great. And she's like, okay. And if you, if he wants to work with you, like, what do you want to say? And I'm like, um, I'm willing to do da 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 da. And so I'm sitting in the waiting room, ready to go into the courtroom and he never shows up again he never shows up so we go into the courtroom i'm with my lawyer i've never been in a courtroom before because all of my proceedings have been virtual at this point and so i go into the courtroom and i sit down and that whole thing about like rise for the judge or your honor or whatever is legit so my lawyer was like stand up and i was like oh sorry so whatever um the judge like reads over the papers that have been submitted and she's like, okay, like, what do you want to see happen here? And my lawyer is like, we would like um, sole physical and legal custody. And then because of my abuse allegations and the fact that I also uh, am alleging that he does not have a stable living, stable or safe living environment, um, the judge did not do any visitation. She said, if he wants visitation, let him file for it himself. And I was granted sole legal and physical custody just like that so boom child support is in place boom custody is arranged so now we can finally move forward to the divorce i'm so excited getting closer and closer to my freedom it's the end of 2021 at this point so i contact the lawyer back from the domestic violence center i give her all the paperwork from the custody hearing at this point now and she already has a child support order. So I'm thinking like, let's go, like, let's wrap this baby up. Let's get the div divorce over with now. And she is like, oh, I'm really busy. I have a few people ahead of you on my list, but I'll get to you in December. Guys, let's be real, it's the holidays. So, and that, that had been a common pattern in my relationship with this lawyer. She was always like swamped or having a family emergency or there was a holiday. And so all of those things just really dragged out the process. But at the same time, like I couldn't complain because she's doing this work for free. Like I couldn't afford a fancy expensive lawyer. So my papers get finished in, I think like the beginning of like early 2022 at this point uh the papers are finally done we file them with the court to set the divorce in motion and now i have to serve the papers on my daughter's father so at this point i am not really sure how this is gonna go because he's he moved away at this point i didn't have an address for him and so he calls me or texts me and he's like i'm gonna be coming up to new york because I have a funeral, uh, can I see our daughter? And I, I never, anytime he asked to see our kid um, or asked to call our kid, I never deny him. So I'm like, okay, yeah, like let's set something up. So at this point, I know where he's gonna be. 
date and time like i know where he's gonna be and so i contact the lawyer and i'm like yeah he's gonna be in new york tomorrow like we can serve him and so i didn't know that there was like a set of papers that had to be submitted to the court before i could serve him so i go to the lawyer's office we sign the papers that i need to sign so we can file the papers in in the court and then proceed to serve him and we get to the court and we realize that the paper is like there's something wrong with the paper. I don't remember if we were missing something or something was wrong. I don't know, but it's like 4 p.m. The court closes at 5. So we like rush back to the office, fix the paperwork, and then we like speed back to the courthouse. We file the papers minutes before the court closes. Oh my gosh. I was just like even talking about it. It was so intense because if we didn't get the papers filed that day, I would not have been able to serve him the next day. And then who knows what happened. But we did it y'all she did it i will give her her props for that one like literally was like follow me to the court pedal to the metal papers filed minutes before the court closes so with that i was able to serve my daughter's father the next day when we met up he kind of had a feeling it was gonna happen he already knew what was going on so he was very like chill about the whole thing i brought my sister with him with i brought my sister with me she gave him the papers it is what it is all right he knew what was coming so that is how he got the divorce papers and he was like i'll look over this when i get back home cool no problem a few days later he texts me he was like oh let me also tell you that we did a uncontested divorce um just to save money and time and the uncontested divorce is when like both parties are in agreement with the divorce also, we did an uncontested divorce because we had only been married for a few months and we did not acquire many marital assets. So it was just a lot easier to do it that way. Um, when you have domestic violence involved, it can complicate an uncontested divorce because the court wants to take that seriously. Um, but we were able to do an uncontested divorce. So he knew the divorce was happening. It was coming. For a while, he was in denial. like about us getting divorced um, he tried to act like it wasn't gonna happen like we were gonna get back together but i was like no i will be pursuing a divorce i need to cut the ties anyways so he gets the divorce papers a few days later he reads them and he's like i don't agree with these terms i need to be able to see my daughter what's this about da -da 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 -da. and i'm thinking like sir like you knew we were having a divorce. You knew it was uncontested. You knew I have custody. You didn't show up in court, but whatever. So at this point, I'm like, okay, like let's try to work something out. I'm willing to make a visitation agreement with you. And the lawyer is also agreeing at this point, just like try to work with him so that we can just get this done. Um, there is a way to just, you know, kind of like make him get, give him what he wants um because that'll be in your best interest just to get this all done so i was like all right i'll try because at this point like every time we try to talk about divorce or custody visitation not custody so much at this point he only cared about visitation so anytime we would try to talk about visitation or the divorce it would just turn into an argument and it was a hot mess so it was hard for me to even have those conversations with him um i would like i mentioned a few weeks ago um in talking about domestic violence and co-parenting i would keep track and record all our conversations and so i remember even like playing them to my mom and like a friend and i was like am i bugging am i doing something wrong like 
he it would just the conversation would not be productive it would just turn into an argument he would just start blaming me for everything and i would just have to like cut it and be like okay i'll talk to you later hang up because there there's it was like talking to a brick wall honestly so 2022 is coming to a close at this point i'm disappointed because i really thought that i could be divorced by now and now it's continuing to be dragged out into a new year and i don't know if he's gonna sign or not at this point i have moved out of state as well so i'm a little nervous about that and it's just a lot going on so he made his decision that he wasn't gonna sign the divorce papers and i was just like okay it is what it is We're, we'll figure something else out and so i just left it and i also want to make clear that there was points during this legal process that i i was not always on top of stuff i was not always sending emails or making phone calls because of my own mental health it was just a lot for me to go through so i there was times where i was just like you know what this will get done when it gets done. I'll email her back when I email her back. I'll make the phone call when I make the phone call. But like right now, I can't handle this. And so I just let things be for a while. And then towards the end of 2022, beginning of 2023, he starts asking me to take him off child support. Now, mind you, the day that our daughter was born, I was literally hours hours after i just gave birth our daughter is hours old i'm in the hospital bed he got mad at me because uh, my family came in town to see their first niece slash granddaughter and he wanted to wait and blah 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 so he got mad at me that my family was there and he texted me while i'm in the hospital bed put me on child support i can already see how this is gonna go that devastated me because what kind of husband tells their wife that hours after she just gave birth to their child so he literally told me to put him on child support and now that i did now he's telling me to take him off of it i'm like okay well i can't really do anything with the child support it's already been ordered our divorce is in process i can't really make any changes to any things that have been legally arranged until after the divorce so I made a deal with him, like, you want me to do something with the child support? Sign the divorce papers. And weeks go by, he's like, please take me off child support, what's going on with the divorce? I'm, I'm gonna lose my place. And I'm like, okay, well, you was homeless when I met you, so this ain't nothing new to you. And you was working four jobs when we were dating. So I don't understand how suddenly you're about to lose your, your, your place and you can't afford child support. It's not even that much, like, a part-time job could take care of the child support easily so this is not adding up to me I'm like okay like if you really want to get off child support sign the divorce papers and then we could do something so that's what got him to sign the divorce papers and he tried to bring up the visitation again so I was like all right fine like I'll work with you so we had made arrangements we were in the process of making arrangements that uh, like he would come down to Florida once a month to see his daughter and I would cover part of the expenses for his travel and he was cool with that and we had to use very specific language as to like where we're gonna pick up drop off da 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 and after, like midway through that he gets in his feelings and he's like you know I can't afford to come out there like that 
and I was just like okay so let's change it to every two months whatever like I just want to get this divorce finished like whatever you want like fine whatever <sighs> so because of him wanting to be off child support and just wanting to move forward he ends up signing the divorce papers which state that visitation will be determined amongst the parties we don't have a formal agreement so that being said I really can't speak to visitation and agreements because I've never had to deal with that by the grace of God honestly um so he signs the divorce papers I'm ecstatic my lawyer gets them I'm thinking like we're done but we're not done because there's another set of papers that have to be signed so then she starts working on those next set of papers and um she submits his papers to the court and so in the next set of papers i have to state that like i understand i cannot be on my spouse's insurance health insurance anymore which wasn't a problem but if y'all been following me y'all know i quit my job earlier this year and so i didn't realize that like health insurance was that important because hello i'm learning how to be an adult as i go and i didn't see my parents on health insurance growing up they just paid out of pocket so i didn't know like this is such a serious thing uh so i did not elect to keep my health insurance after i quit my job and then i had to sign the divorce paper saying here's my health insurance information but i didn't have any so my lawyer was concerned about that and then the fact that i had moved out of state and all these things were just adding up against me against my um favor and so we were a little bit well i won't say we i was not nervous because i had seen how god showed up for me time and time again my lawyer was a little nervous about how things would end up she was like fingers crossed i just want to let you know i've seen this go sideways da -da -da -da, like all the warnings and i understand like legally professionally she has to do that but i'm just like listen ma'am i know the judge of judges i know the advocate all right god has shown up for me time and time again and i don't doubt that he's gonna i know he's gonna do it again for me period and I was just confident in the end. At this point in the legal process, I was confident because I had seen time and time again how God had my back. So she was nervous, but I was like, okay, yeah, I heard you got it, whatever. I didn't actually say all that, but like that was my thought process. And so there was some delays in communication between me and the lawyer because like I said, it was always something, whether it was a holiday, a family emergency, um, at some there was a miscommunication because I was like let's try to move forward without me having insurance and she was like okay I'll look into it so I'm waiting to hear back from her and she's waiting to hear back from me because she wanted me to get on like Medicaid aid yeah Medicaid and I didn't know that so I call her and I'm like hello like what's the hold up and she's like did you get insurance and I'm like no she's like all right well we'll just move forward I didn't know da 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 so I tried to get insurance. That was a whole other story. Anyways, in New York, I got insurance, like no problem. And then I got a job, so we were good. But yeah, at this point, like Florida was like, oh, like you don't make enough for ins this type of insurance. I don't know. Anyways, so she's like, all right, we'll move forward with the papers and cross our fingers. So she sends me the papers. I, I have to sign them and send them back to her um, at this point. Um, my daughter's father's part in the divorce is finished. It's just up to me signing these papers and then we submit it to the court for the final judgment. From So for the final judgment, um, yeah, my, my lawyer was not feeling very optimistic. She was like, fingers crossed. And by the way, like this is going to take months for us to hear back. 
So at this point, it's been two, three years in the making this whole entire process. So I'm like, what else is new? You know, I'll hear back when I hear back and I'll just continue to pray and fast until then and just believe that God is on my side with this. I don't know what else to tell you. Um, I was really eager to get divorced so I could really just have that new beginning. Um, I knew that my book was going to be coming out and I wanted to make sure that just all the things that I create as an entrepreneur were mine and mine alone. And so that I was very cognizant of the fact that like if my my divorce was not finalized, um, I would have to restart from the beginning in my current state. And, you know, I was just like, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But until then, I'm going to continue having faith that the judge is going to sign off on my divorce. So I filed the papers. Well, the lawyer filed the papers uh, shortly after Veterans Day. And not even two weeks later, I get the phone call on a Monday night that the judge signed off on my divorce. And I'll probably forever get emotional about that because what? <laughs> it was supposed to take months for me to get my divorce and the judge signed off in not even two weeks. And my lawyer was just like, I'm honestly shocked. But I was like, I'm not shocked because I know who my father is. I know how God moves about me. God stands on business about me. That's what we say in now, right? God don't play about me, okay? So when the judge signed off, it was just huge. And apparently the court had just appointed a brand new judge just for divorces in this, like, a few weeks ago. And that's literally crazy because if I had had things my way, I would have been rushing this whole divorce process. But things happen when they're supposed to happen. Divine timing is very real. So <sighs> favor, favor ain't fair. That's it. Favor ain't fair. So that is all done. Finally, three years later. All right. When I tell you I got married in a matter of hours and this divorce process has been Three years later, Spongebob voice. <sighs> yeah, it's been a lot, but I'm so happy it's done. And I just pray that these next several years of raising our daughter would be amicable and that we will not have to return to court. I literally just got the paperwork a couple weeks ago to refile for my child support to get it adjusted. It's like, because you can get it increased as the expenses increase, but it's not about the money for me. It's not, so I'm not even gonna touch that. You know, if my daughter's father wants to come see his daughter, I'm more than happy to work with him to arrange that. Um, whenever he asks to call her, I never say no. And so I just pray that we can co-parent maturely over these next few years and that we can both continue to grow and just be, be the best versions of ourselves so that she could see that. That's really like my prayer. And so, I'm really excited to be free. <laughs> like, I don't know. I didn't know where my voice went to go with that, but I'm so excited. It's so emotional. I'm so excited to be free. I'm so excited for this new chapter of my life. Um, three specific things that I'm just really looking forward to. I've been dreaming again, y'all. I've been dreaming about my future marriage again, um, about dating again, about romance, about my like the dream wedding that I never had. Um, I can like dream about that and it's different right because I used to dream as a little girl who was 
naive to their realities of life but now i dream as a woman who has lived some life and has gotten some wisdom and who knows what she wants and so it's just so different and i'm before i i feel like i got into this mess because i wasn't putting god first i was just putting what i want first but now it's so different um my spiritual walk is so on point person i'm not trying to say that to like be to brag because i want to stay humble but just spiritually where i'm out right now i'm in a good place me and god we locked in guys i'm seeking the kingdom first and so i know like when the right person does come around again it's going to be a totally different and beautiful experience so i'm dreaming about love again um i'm excited to invest hello <laughs> if you guys know me like, i'm about that sh money okay like generational wealth multi-millionaire status like multiple streams of income entrepreneurship that's what i'm about and while i was going through my divorce i had come into some money from the sale of my house and i was ready to invest it and i realized i couldn't because i was still legally married so i'm excited to start up all the investment accounts are i'm gonna grow a really diverse portfolio so i'm really excited to get started with that and know that that money is all mine and just build a foundation for myself and my daughter financially independently knowing that it's my money period and lastly i'm so excited because in 2024 i'm going to incorporate my business which was something that i wanted to do but i was just holding off on until the divorce is final so now that the divorce is final we are moving forward we're becoming a ceo and a founder in 2024 big moves okay i have been studying entrepreneurship for years um i've went through a coaching course with terry kowser okay care credit tools go follow her look her up her inspiration her knowledge is on point and she has literally if you want to know how to start a business go on her youtube you're gonna find the information so i already know what i need to do to start my business and so it's just a matter of like me going and doing it real soon so we're moving forward it's a new chapter it's a new season for real and god is good i would not be here without god I gotta make sure I give him all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. So as I get ready to wrap this thing up, um, I just wanna share like nine things that I wish I would have known prior to going through this journey legally. So the first thing is be your own advocate, okay? If nothing else, this whole process going through court has taught me to use my voice. Um, when I was in my relationship with my daughter's father, my voice, was a whisper i literally was talking like this i was so afraid i didn't want to upset him and now y'all hear me i'm talking loud and proud okay confidence that had come back to me and also because throughout the process i had to ask for what i wanted i had to use my voice the lawyer's not answering my emails bring, bring, pick up it's me again what are we doing i had to not be afraid to make those phone calls send those emails over and over and over until i got an answer and that's what going through the process taught me. And so if you're going through the process, you have to be your own advocate. You have to open your mouth. You have to use your voice. You have to ask for what you need because nobody's going to do it for you. Two, speak your truth, even if your voice shakes. Like I said earlier, um, I remember sitting in the custody hearing for my daughter shaking. And I had to tell the lawyer, I mean, I had to tell the judge I'm not comfortable with my daughter living with her father he does not have a stable living environment the address that he uses is not a safe environment because i had been there i knew 
I did not want my daughter in that environment. I had to speak my truth. My voice was shaking. I was nervous, but I did it. So if you are a survivor, victim, overcomer, whatever you want to call yourself, speak your truth, even if your voice shakes. If people don't like how you talk about them, they should have treated you better, period. Number three, find the right lawyer for you. Um, I know that finding a lawyer can be really hard, but don't just settle. I mean, there's always options out there. I know that you might not have all the money in the world to hire the top legal team, but there's there's so many resources, resources out there, especially for domestic violence victims. So tap into those resources. Yeah, I mean, it might take you a little bit more time than if you were paying for a lawyer, but you want somebody who's gonna be sensitive to you and what you've been through and who is in your favor and working on your behalf. So find the right lawyer, it's so important. Uh, Four, don't stop living between your court dates. Um, I know it can be so nerve wracking when you know that date is coming or you are between court dates and you're just so nervous. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how the day is going to go. And it can be so easy to just freeze, pause, shut down. But you have to keep living life. All right. Take every opportunity to experience joy and happiness. The court dates, they're going to come. They're going to go. What's going to happen is going to happen. So just make sure that you live in between those court dates. Number five, trust God's timing. If it was up to me, I would have been divorced two years ago. But God had appointed the time for November 2023. And I am mad at it. All right. It's my birthday month. It's my breakthrough month. I'm going into 2024 a new woman. That's on God's timing is what it is and i'm grateful for it number six make copies going to court and going through this legal process has taught me to make copies all right whatever you file whatever you sign whatever make a copy okay always make copies just in case anything goes wrong you want to have your set your proof of what it is what was done make copies okay make copies record conversations take notes uh, number seven, use the resources available to you. Like I just said, there's literally so many resources. If you don't know where to start, um, literally like if you Google domestic violence, the first thing that pops up is the resources for the National Domestic Violence Hotline. And then you can call them, because I had to do it once, uh, you can call them and they'll redirect you to your local domestic violence center. And um, on top of domestic violence centers, you can also reach out to local colleges um, Sometimes they will have programs that cater specifically to domestic violence victims or even just women's justice. So yeah, and a lot of, um, you can get resources through the court, through the court websites, and also a lot of, um, like, I don't know what to say, like legal clubs, I don't know what it's called, but they, you can call like your local legal organization. It'll be like blah, 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 county legal, something and you can call them and they'll tell you like different options of low cost or free uh, options there's like clinics you can go to if you just have like questions that you want to get sorted out so literally there's so many resources out there uh, just gotta find them and it's it's not too hard to find them so they're there for you use them if you need to number eight get a therapist y'all get a therapist because <laughs> you're gonna need it maybe you don't need a whole therapist just have a support system is really what i'm saying because it's not easy to go through all of this um y'all just heard my journey it was literally years in the making and all throughout that i was in therapy and i would not be here not only would i not be here because like people want to say oh 
like you're divorced i'm so sorry it's gonna be a grieving process da, 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 da. it's so painful blah 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 okay like if i had fallen into that mentality if i had accepted that as my lot as my portion i wouldn't be here today i would not be here on live speaking to you i would not be on my podcast speaking to y'all i would not have a book out i would not have spoken on a stage i would not be in position to file my llc i would be depressed i would be working a job that i hate if i accepted that whole oh like you just gotta grieve and um go lay down yeah like take time to heal i did that but i didn't stop at that i kept going i knew like god you put stuff on my heart and i'm gonna work on it and you take care of the rest and that's why i'm here today that's literally what I did. Like, God, you want me to start a business? You want me to be a speaker? You want me to write a book? I'm going to do it. But I need money. And I need you to take care of the legal things. Because I want to own... I want the money that I make to be my own. And I want my book that I'm writing to also... I want complete ownership over these things. So, God, if you're telling me to do these things, I trust that you're taking care of everything else. And that's been my mentality this year. And here I am, ending 2023 on a high in position for big teams big teams have won in 2024 okay and um the last thing that i would say to somebody who is in court going through a divorce going through child support hearings going through visitation and custody hearings is to pray okay stay prayed up um literally all the anxiety all the whatever like just talk to god about it um tell god how you're feeling tell god what you need whether that's finances or the right lawyer or whatever you need like just talk to him about it um i found oh my gosh i found such an amazing scripture and i meant to write it down so i could share it with y'all but i'll post it or something i want to say it was in jeremiah or something and it literally says like the lord of hosts will plead my case thoroughly and that's the verse that I held on to in these last few weeks. Like, the Lord of hosts is pleading my case. That's my judge. And if you're a blood ball believer, then you know the Holy Spirit is your advocate. And so it's a winning combination. And so it's just a matter of, like, staying um, at peace, realizing that, like, you have more that are for you than those that are against you. And God is on your side. And he wants things to work in your favor. And he wants blessed to bless you and just coming into an awareness of that it's really hard to operate out of a place of for fear and worry when you're focused on the fact that god is for you and so stay prayed up stay prayed up all right that's all i got for y'all that was a lot we've been here for an hour but it's that's everything that's what i've been through in these last few years and i'm so I'm just grateful people ask me how i'm doing and i'm just grateful like i don't know what other word to say or to use i'm just grateful and um if you're going through this and you need some support feel free to reach out to me if you know somebody who's going through this feel free to send this to them um yeah and before i hop off big announcement my book thrive how to let go, find purpose, and flourish when staying seems easier is now available for sale. Get your copy today, right now. X out and go to Amazon and buy my book. And if you want to sign copy, just hit me up because I have a separate link for that. So I'm going to fulfill those orders myself. And the book will be on Barnes & Noble in... 
Notice how I didn't say Barnes and Nobles. But anyways, the book is going to be on Barnes and Nobles. Oh my God, now I just did it. Barnes and Noble in the next few days. We're setting that up. So yeah, thank you guys so much for listening, for supporting me. And we'll talk soon. Go buy my book. Bye.